and welcome to the ChemCycle podcast, talking about transport cycling from the UK's leading cycling city. I'm Hester Wells. And I'm Al Storer. It's been a wet month in Cambridge, so we're going to be talking today about uh, cycling in the rain. Uh, but first, we'll have our regular feature, which is what have you seen on your commute this week? So, Hester, what have you seen on your commute this week? Well, I'm cheating a bit this time because it wasn't actually on my commute, but it was on one of my trips around the city uh, cycling. And uh, this is actually about my favourite place in Cambridge to cycle, um, which is uh, Riverside, which, as it sounds like, is a section uh, along the river in Cambridge. It's never been a, a complete through route in the sense that all you can do is drive down to the river and along the river and back up again. Uh, but it used to be potentially useful to avoid a very busy main road, uh, Newmarket Road, and uh, a few years ago, they put in what we would call filtered permeability. But it's basically things which allow you to walk and cycle through an area, but not drive through there. So all the houses and things on Riverside still have access by car, and they can sort of uh, go around the block, but you can't drive uh, along Riverside in the way that you used to. And this makes it a really lovely, relatively quiet place to walk and cycle. And it's also right next to the river, so it's really... Uh, picturesque um, and in the summer particularly it does become a very busy route so although it's a nice place to, to cycle it then becomes a bit too popular and uh, this particular trip that I had uh, the other week that reminded me why I enjoy it so much was uh, I was actually cycling in the evening I was coming back from the cinema but it was still light and when it was a bit less busy you could just really look at the river and the houses and a couple of other people walking and cycling and it's just it's a really lovely place cycle and it's been achieved not through massive hard infrastructure measures but just through filtering cars out of a, a route and that on its own makes it lovely to cycle. Yeah yeah I, I agree although one of the, the bits that contributed to the filter is a fairly large bit of hard infrastructure because uh, part of it was building an extra bridge for pedestrians and cy- cyclists across the river and yeah, they, that, they, that's they, what made it a useful route for That's what made cycling. it useful, yeah. Although it's still, it was still useful before then. But the bridge required filtering where, where it came down, I think. So. so, yeah. So, as we mentioned in the introduction, this week we're going to be talking about cycling and the rain because it has been a very weak, wet week in uh, Cambridge and it's a common criticism of cycling as a mode of transport that oh well what happens when it rains because obviously nobody wants to cycle in the rain um, so we're going to be talking about why that's not a big, as big an issue as you might think and how you can cycle in the rain if that's something you want to do yeah I, I think you do notice that there are less people commuting in the rain I think that's definitely definitely yeah. something that happens uh, on Wednesday when it was very wet I I was the first person to the bike rack at work, which is not normal. Uh, I It's usually quite busy by the time I get to work. and So, yeah, it's definitely... Oh, one of my colleagues uh, took a taxi when he would normally cycle. I shan't name him. <laughs> he knows who he is. <laughs> but, uh, but there's also a lot of people who do still uh, continue to cycle, um, even when it's wet. Well, firstly, how big an issue is the rain for cycling? How often does it rain? So... For Cambridge, it's not a very big problem. Cambridge is one of the driest places in Britain. 
verging on one of the drier places in, in northern Europe. The climate at times touches on being described as arid, or at least semi-arid. As a kind of comparison, we get about 560 millimetres of rain a year on average, roughly. Somewhere like Amsterdam, just the other side of the North Sea, it gets nearly 840 millimetres of rain a year. And that's roughly the the standard for, for the west part of the Netherlands. The rest of the Netherlands is actually... A little bit wetter. Obviously still a lot of cycling. Obviously still a lot of cycling somewhere where it is quite considerably wetter. To give you an idea of how much drier Cambridge is though than the rest of the country, Bristol gets about 800 millimetres of rain a year, so again still slightly less than Amsterdam, which for somewhere on the uh, uh, wet west side of Britain is, is quite good going. Glasgow is well deserved for its wet reputation. It gets 1,245 millimetres of rain, and all the way up in the, uh, the the northwest of Scotland, Fort William gets a colossal 1,883 millimetres of rain, so, so more than three times the amount of rain that we get in Cambridge. That is a lot of rain. It's a lot of rain. It's a wet place. Clearly there isn't really a there isn't a direct correlation between the amount of rain and the amount that people cycle. No, clear, clearly. I mean, uh, Br- Bristol d- does have quite a lot of people cycling, an awful lot more than Glasgow. But then, as we can see, the Netherlands, where everywhere has high levels of cycling, is wetter than the east of England, essentially, where, apart from Cambridge, most places have quite low levels of cycling. Uh, the other thing is when it rains. So it was actually a day last week when I was cycling and it was generally a very wet day but I managed to make my trip into work when it wasn't raining so for me the crucial thing is is it raining between 8.45 and 9 o'clock and if it rains the rest of the day it doesn't really matter because I'm not out on my bike. Uh, So in general in the UK most of our rain most of our weather systems are very large scale uh, that last a couple of days the rain from those is not affected by the time of day. It can rain at any time from a depression from the from the weather fronts. During really hot parts of the during the warmer parts of the summer, though, you can get a bit more in the late afternoon evening because you get thunderstorms form, which rely on a, a bit more on the land heating up quite a lot. So that, so those tend to form later in the day. You won't get those first thing. You rarely get a thunderstorm first thing in the morning. That's not common thing. They do happen, but generally they'll happen later in the day. The other bit is that there is much more seasonal variation. The driest time of year is, certainly in Cambridge, from about February through to May, which you possibly wouldn't expect. You would, For some reason, spring gets associated with rain, but, but June and July are a lot, quite considerably wetter. J- June is quite a wet month in June, June Cambridge, is, and... Yeah. People forget that and bemoan, oh, the summer's over already, and now it's just normal for the season. The the wettest part of the year is about September, October, but uh, yeah, the 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 dry part isn't. The driest part actually coincides with generally when it's coldest, which I think we actually see probably more cycling in September, October, because that's when uh, you get new students. Yes, yes, and they are exposed to the uh, the wettest part of the year so uh, if they can put up with that they can put up with pretty much anything but you do get a lot more people cycling in the summer in Cambridge which 
I'm not a hot weather person, by which I mean anything above about 20 degrees. So although you get actually a nice breeze when you're cycling, it's one of the reasons why cycling can actually be more pleasant than walking when it gets really hot, is you get a bit of a breeze and it's actually less work. But even so, I don't really like sunshine and um, I actually don't mind cycling in the cold because you can wrap up for it. (laughs) Yeah, although I think I, if I was to get rain at any point, I'd rather the rain was when it's warm than when it's cold because there is something particularly horrible about a cold, drizzly day uh, when you're cycling, I feel. So this is where whereas, we... a th- whereas a thunderstorm on a hot day can be almost welcome. Well, this is where we differ because what I hate about it raining in the summer is you then have to make the decision between do I put on a waterproof and stop the rain but get sweaty inside it or do I just put up with the rain and now I'll dry off? There is that. I, th- I, th- I think that's a fair point. At, at least at least when it's cold, there is a clear decision there, which is you want to wrap up anyway, so it might as well be a waterproof layer. Yeah. So if rain is actually less of a problem in quite a lot of Britain, or quite a lot of England anyway, than it is in the Netherlands, it must be that uh, they, they do approach it somewhat differently. What tactics or what advice do you have for cycling in the rain? Well, there's a number of different issues. So one thing is when you're cycling, the bits of you that get wet are different from when you're walking. So the tops of legs are a lot more exposed. And so you'll often see somebody who's um, cycled into work might be relatively dry, but the tops of their legs will be soaking because that's the bit that the rain hits. Yeah, yeah. I think that's quite a common common problem. So I I have rain legs, waterproofs, which just cover the top of the thigh, which I prefer if it's not heavy rain because... They, they don't obviously the air can get to the rest of your, your legs it's not as sweaty as full waterproofs uh, if it's not heavy rain I mean sometimes I just I wouldn't wear anything different if you can if you're wearing a light jacket anyway anything you, you would walk in um, I would also cycle in for non-extreme weather but if it's really penetratingly damp then uh, waterproofs are the way to go but yeah full waterproof trousers are not terribly pleasant unless it's necessary and they, they don't work very well with a skirt no. or a dress. This is also a problem, and that's a problem with the rain legs as well on a skirt. You can get cycle capes, or you can get sort of wraparound waterproof skirts. I don't use either of those things myself, but I do wear a lot of skirts. There are particular problems around uh, glasses, so I wear glasses. Some people just take them off. My eyesight is not good enough that I can do that. So I find a, a peaked cap is very useful for... It's just enough to shade the eyes so they don't get your know, glasses don't get covered in water and obscure your vision, which is obviously not something that you want when you're cycling. Also, I wear contact lenses some sometimes if it's really wet. I might consider putting in contact lenses rather than glasses. Yeah, as a bit of a cycling hipster, sometimes I do really quite like cycling caps, the the, the traditional ones with quite a short peak on them. In the rain, they're just very useful for for keeping the rain out of my glasses. They do fit under a helmet if you wear a helmet. Yes, they do. One thing that I notice surprisingly often on commuter bikes in the rain is that a lot of people don't have mudguards on, which I just don't quite understand why you why you would have a commuter bike that doesn't have a set of full-length mudguards. The, uh, the stripe of mud up the back is a dead giveaway. It, it, it's not a cool look. Yeah, okay, so on your lightweight racing bike or your hardcore mountain bike you might not want them but i think on any other bike they're they're basically an essential 
uh, essential accessory. Part, part of the standard kit for a, a transport bike in the city. Yeah, I, I, I really can't get why you wouldn't have them. And they need to be full length, I think, as well. They, 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 apart from anything, if, they, if you have a nice long one, it doesn't just protect you. It protects the person behind you. He doesn't want a face full of spray. Yeah. The the kind of whale tail ones or the, the ass savers, yeah, they'll keep the rain off of they'll keep the spray off of you, but uh, it does mean that uh, people have to sit much further back from you when they're uh, which in busy busy cycle traffic is uh, quite antisocial. Yes. There's also the issue of uh, luggage. So fully waterproof uh, panniers really come into their own um, in the rain. Yeah, they do. They're obviously more expensive, but but can be a really good investment. So there's some slightly cheaper brands, but uh, yeah, I mean my standard pannier and I know yours as well is just waterproof and easy. You don't need to yeah. think about it. You don't switch bags when the weather changes. It's just you're always using the same one, and you don't need to think about the weather. In fact, generally, I'm not very good at remembering to look at the weather forecast. If you're somebody who's got maybe several modes of transport that you use and you're choosing between them, that might be a factor, but I forget to check because I know I'm cycling whatever anyway. Uh, but it would be helpful to sometimes remember a, a waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've had occasional days when I've forgotten to check and have uh, regretted it on the way home. That's, that's an issue. It's, an, it, it's the not wanting to turn up at work so soaking wet. and uh, yeah. I, I have on occasion done the whole trying to dry my skirt underneath a hand dryer and it's not terribly effective. I think that was one time where I was about 100 metres from work, it had been completely dry and it was just one of those really sudden downpours where I was soaking before I hit the front door. Yeah, but I think that's quite a good point that with summer afternoon thunderstorms that they are less of a problem because if you're heading home, which most people will straight from work, then, yeah, if you get wet on the way home, what's the problem? You're, you're going to be home, you've got your own wardrobe, you can dry off. Getting wet on the way into work is a bit more of a problem, I think. So are there any infrastructure changes that can make it easier to cycle in rain? So I think one thing that does make it more pleasant to cycle in rain is actually having separate cycle infrastructure. If you're not sharing the road with cars coming past, especially when it's when there's a lot of standing water, you get a lot of spray off of motor vehicles. So if you've got a well-separated cycleway or you're on a cycle route that's completely away from motor traffic, that's a lot more pleasant because you're not having to deal with the the motor vehicles. And for some reason, drivers seem to be a lot less patient, uh, I find, in rain. I, I find the same thing, and I find that weird. It's like they're inside yeah. a box and are not directly feeling the rain, but there does you get this feeling that the people are more impatient when it's raining. Yeah. So if you've got separate cycle infrastructure, that really does help in that with just making you feel that bit safer in that those conditions, and slightly drier as well because you're not getting the spray off the vehicles. And the other thing about the rain, obviously, is it increases stopping distance for people travelling in cars and on on bike. But people don't always react appropriately to, to that. So there is a, a higher chance of uh, collision, which can be one factor why uh, play, uh, roads could be busier uh, in the wet is because it causes collisions, which yes. uh, causes congestion. The other thing is that where people do increase the distance between vehicles, 
than itself uh, can cause congestion over the even exactly the same number of vehicles, but with greater distance between them, uses up more road space and therefore... Yeah. Um, let less vehicles get through on a light cycle, on traffic light cycle, so that then uh, means that there are more vehicles queuing, even though there is the same number of vehicles to start with. It's one of the things you see in places which have very low level of, of cycles. People aren't necessarily switching between modes, it's just rain does cause more congestion. Yeah. The other bit that we discussed before this is that you quite often see in the Netherlands people cycling with umbrellas. You see that sometimes here too. Yeah, I've seen it on occasion. It's not something um, I would do myself, and that is primarily because I don't make any journeys which are completely off-road or on quiet roads. I think the the big bit with cycling with an umbrella is that you need to feel that it's safe to do so uh, because you are going to be making that entire journey with only one hand on the handlebars, which yeah. it does give you less control. It does. But I think it's the same with people having backies on bikes or cycling uh, while using a a phone. I mean, all of these things you you see commonly in the Netherlands and quite a lot in Cambridge. If people feel safe safe enough to cycle, they feel safe enough to cycle uh, with additional issues and uh, problems. Yeah. Once you get onto that kind of Dutch style site, the majority bike changes to the, the Dutch sit-up-and-beg type bikes, which are a bit more stable, mm. uh, slower, obviously, but... Occasionally hired um, Dutch style bikes when I've been yeah. uh, visiting the Netherlands, and they are very stable, very nicely yeah. weighted in a way that is not the, the most commonly available type of bike in the UK. And they usually have a back pedal brake, which means that you only need one hand for your braking, because... Good point. Uh, it, it, so... So the hand that's with the umbrella doesn't actually have to pull on a brake lever. But, as I say, that kind of comes about because people feel safer. You're not going to do that when you're in the the high stress, kind of looking around you all the time, being constantly alert because you need to take action because of traffic. You're not going to do that in a narrow painted cycling lane where there's lorries coming past you that are just going to take your umbrella out anyway. And you're probably not going to find many of their bikes without full-length mudguards. That's another very good point. Those those do come as standard, I think. So, A relatively minor point, but obviously trees are one thing that can uh, help in, in the rain, just as when you're uh, walking, they provide um, some cover. They're uh, very useful to cities uh, generally. And where, where there's space, it's a nice thing to have, although obviously it's not always going to be possible to have a, a line of trees uh, next to a cycle path. Yeah, in the in the rain, the avenues on Jesus Green with the massive trees, which have got quite a good canopy to them, especially in the summer, do actually provide quite good shelter along that section. You will get, if it's raining hard, you will get a lot less wet in the, along that bit. It doesn't last forever, obviously, but but it's really quite welcome. It's also very good for sucking up the uh, excess water rather than having it sitting running off yeah. concrete quickly. Yeah, which uh, reduces your flooding. So are there ever times that you wish that you didn't have to cycle to work because it's raining? I don't think there are. I think I've got my my bike equipped and myself equipped well enough that I, I can cycle in pretty much any rain. I do kind of get a little annoyed by actually more drizzle than anything else. I think there's something just unpleasant about light, about... Uh, 
just all hanging in the air. But I don't go, oh, I wish I had a car or maybe I should take the bus ever. It's just, yeah, I get on with it. You? Same. I think I'd maybe some uh, shorter trips I would switch to walking instead. Uh, it is still easier to walk in the rain than it is to cycle, partly because you can use an umbrella, which, as I say, I'm not comfortable doing on a bike. Yep, so certainly I, I do cycle in the rain. It's my main work mode of travel. I'm not looking for alternatives. And you wouldn't take a taxi to work just because it's raining? No, I wouldn't. So yeah, I think that's the topic of cycling in the rain quite well covered. Not, as we've seen, it's not something that is considered a major problem in the Netherlands. They cycle anyway, despite it being wetter than quite a lot of Britain. There are ways of making it less unpleasant we've, uh, that we've discussed, uh, both on personal level and on, on an infrastructural level. Have you got anything more to add on that? Yeah. I don't think I do, no. Okay. So yeah, I think with that, uh, this has been a podcast from Cambridge Cycling Campaign, a charity based in Cambridge, UK. You can find us online at www.camcycle.org.uk, on Twitter as at CamCycle and Facebook as Cambridge Cycling Campaign. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.